Welcome to Imperfect Momming. Our children are constantly looking to us for examples. The term role model doesn't quite cut it here. We are shaping their worldview with every move we make. You see, it's not in the lectures we give or moments where we are actively attempting to teach them. It's in the micro movements we make, the unconscious ways in which we navigate life. We are constantly teaching our children how to show up for themselves, their friends, their future partners, and even their future children. So what can we do to ensure we are raising thoughtful, compassionate, self-aware human beings? We have to become them ourselves. No one is perfect, but we can still all be better, and it starts with self-healing. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Imperfect Momming, and we have a very special guest today, Laura Mickler. You got it, yes. <laughs> not, not, not the town. Not you. What's that? It's said not to be confused with the town near you, so yes. Yes. So there's a town called Minkler and it has like four people that live in it. Um, so sorry if I insult the four people that live there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right. welcome to Imperfect Mommy. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah. So um, as you said, I'm Laura Mickler. Um, I am a mortgage lender and I live um the next biggest town near near to where I live. I live near Muncie, Indiana, um, which most people have never, ever heard of unless you happen to watch David Letterman. He went to college in our town. That's about our claim to fame. Um, I have been a lender for about nine years. Um, so that has been through various, you know, laws and interest rates and pandemics and all the things that have been happening. So I've seen a lot of um, a lot of things and it really surprised me when I started doing this the family dynamic and how that plays into, you know, what, what people's finances look like and that sort of a thing. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk a lot more about that here in a minute, but my uh, family, I live with my husband and then I have two boys. So I am myself a mom and have probably gone through all of the mom emotions and various things with that and, um, have been, um, a different type of mom at various seasons in my life. So I stayed at home, um, at one point, you know, one kid traveling, you know, you name it, it's probably happened to our family. So, yeah. And right now you said you are the breadwinner. Yes. Yes. So that's been um, the, probably the past two years has been the dynamic um, of our household. And actually um, my husband and I have shared on a couple of other podcasts about our marital finances. And I know that's a whole, you we did a whole podcast on that. So I know that can be a whole topic, but, um, you know, kind of what, so he jokes that he's retired now. Um, I call him the house manager. Um, so we were able to do that a couple of years ago. Uh, my business really took off and, um, there, there came a point where, which I'm sure some people have gotten to where, you know, a, a job's pay does not outweigh physically having that person available to pick kids up from school. You know, my husband at one point had to miss, t-ball games and all those kinds of things because of his work schedule and so you know and I know on the flip side of that I know a lot of moms have had that um, the same kind of thing as well so it's a you know it's a tricky thing to navigate and everything like that have you noticed that this is a trend of um women being the breadwinners and men 
going back to the, you know, the, the role reversals switching? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would say um, I've definitely seen, and it just, you know, I, I don't know if you've ever seen that, um, that thing that goes around on social media, it's like explain your profession badly. And so <laughs> I say that I delve deeply into people's personal information and put them in debt for multiple decades, which is what I do <laughs> as a mortgage lender. So, you know, so saying that I see a lot of, um, you know, W-2s and pay stubs and people's financial situations. And, and I would say it definitely is, it's not always, you know, husband as breadwinner and wife as stay at home mom. Um, I will say even most relationships, I think ours is, you know, my own relationship is unique. Even if the wife is the breadwinner, I don't see a lot of husbands staying home. They generally just keep working, um, you know, and I, I'm sure you have talked about, you know, invisible work that we as women have as moms. And, you know, that's a whole, whole other topic as well. But, um, you know, I don't see a lot of just, you know, stay at home dad type of situations, but I would definitely say, you know, more than I did probably five years ago. And I don't know if it's pandemic or, just the way society is going, um, you know, women are finally stepping into, it's okay for me to be the breadwinner. Cause I know that was, um, it was really funny in my family when we decided to make that decision. Um, I, I come from a very traditional farm type of community. So, you know, my, my grandpa had the reason he loved my husband so much was because he had a good job. And so, you know, it's just that kind of, um, mentality. And so, you know, we shared with my parents and they were like, that's wonderful. They knew how successful I was, you know, that kind of thing. But it was like this understood thing that we couldn't tell my grandpa that, you know, my husband was quitting his job because in his eyes, that was, you know, unheard of and, you know, what a deadbeat and that kind of thing. When in reality, oh my gosh, the, the mental stress it's taken off of me is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, actually we haven't talked about the invisible work that women do the (laughs) thing that not as a topic on the podcast, but that's Mm -hmm. a good one. Um, I have seen, um, gosh, my brain just, but I have seen a, a, a meme basically that was, or something, I see a lot of memes, so we'll say it yeah. wasn't me. I, I love memes. So I'm with you. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great one. I get my news and all my other information yes, yes. from memes. Um, is that you know, women? The thing that keeps coming up is that women work a full time job and then they come home and they work more hours um, for free. And but when typically, and at least in the past, if not now, when a husband would come home um, he's done, you know, yeah. that there's his job and then he's done. And, and, um, now I remember where I saw that I was, I was reading a book called, um, getting shit done. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Written by, written by a woman. And, mm-hmm. um, there was a lot of, I, in my life, I, I do, I believe in gender roles to an extent mm-hmm. where, sure. um, at least for me, I like the traditional gender role of take care of the house. I do the inside. He does the outside kind of a thing. Absolutely. And, and and we were, and my, my sister, I think that it's okay to say this (laughs) is very much uh, more on the feminist side of like, Mm -hmm. no, that this is equal. It just, everybody does everything or I don't really a hundred percent know what she believes. Um, but we're not always aligned in what, how we see things. And my mom and my brother and I were having a discussion about gender roles and, 
And what we all came down to is that it's, it, you have to do what works for you and your relationships and everybody else is doing is none of your, none of their business. That's absolutely right. And I think that even goes to, you know, what, what I said, let's use cleaning the house as an example. What I said as my standard may not be your standard. And sometimes it's not the same as my husband's standard. So we have to try to figure out, you know, we've like in our relationship, we came to the conclusion he is willing to do things around the house, but it's not the way that I would do it. So I've had a little bit of exercise in letting go. So what I'm working on is if it's two thirds as good as I can do, it's okay. And that's very, very hard for my type A personality, but we've also kind of settled on, you know, even though he's home, we still have someone come and do some deep cleaning for us every two weeks. And so that is not, you know, the setup that would work for everybody, but I think you're exactly right because I have, you know, a a friend that's cleaned for a long time and she cleans how I clean and, you know, that kind of a thing. So you're exactly right. And, and it really is, you know, and I think even it gets tricky with families, like you said, with your sister, because they want to insert their opinion on how your life should go. (laughs) And that's, that's hard. You have to kind of balance that too. So I think it's, yeah, you're exactly right with that. It's definitely situational. It's definitely what your family's values are. And, you know, and, and again, I'm just sharing what works for our family. Some people may be hearing this and say, that lady's nuts. I don't think that's, you know, that's how dare she make more money than her husband. That's okay. So yeah, it just, it is what it is. Luckily in, in my family at the very minimum between my sister and I, we have very mutual respect that uh, what she believes is what she believes and what mm-hmm. I believe is what I believe. And I have to live my life and she gets to live hers. Absolutely. And um, and that's that, and and we don't really try to force the other person sure. to, sure. you know, um, and, and the reason that we came to this, this um, conclusion when it came to my, my mom and my brother and I talking was um, because, you know, I was saying that I, I like the gender role of, I want to do the inside and he wants to do the, and mm-hmm. I, cause I have zero desire to do outside stuff when, right when, when and that's your way of making it equal in your relationship is inside outside yeah exactly and when he and I decided to move in together it was very much um we had a conversation and I I think that this is where a lot of people struggle inside relationships is they don't have the conversation of who right. does what right. and when they do have the conversation they don't revisit it ever so when we had our conversation, I, he said, I like doing the weekly chores. I like doing stuff that, that, cause I like to do the hard stuff on Sunday. Sure. I want to have sure. Saturday to do the fun stuff. And then I want to do the hard stuff on Sunday. And I was like, I like routine and I like ha- doing the same thing every day. Sure. A little bit I at like, a time. And yeah. yeah, I like to do the daily stuff. And, um, and we've revisited that several times. Um, I just finished being pregnant with uh, surrogate um, babies, which is why I didn't mm-hmm. say I just had babies. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but I, you know, and I had my first first time with twins, first time, first C-section. And there was a lot that I couldn't do physically. And we didn't have to have a conversation about you need to pick up the slack. He just sure. picked up the slack. Sure. 
that a lot of times you need to have the conversation of, hey, I physically can't do this anymore. I know this is our agreement, but right. <laughs> absolutely the conversation. Yeah. And, and kind of floating into that, my husband and I um, had talked a lot. Uh, we actually, he did an episode on the podcast that I have about finances. And we, it, this really segues into that same conversation because, you know, our, how we handle our marital finances have evolved over the years. So when we first got together, I was in graduate school and then pretty quick after had my first big kid job. He's eight years older than me. He had been working for a while you know, we just both contributed to bills at that point in time. And then we had our son and, you know, still kind of stayed the same, but then, you know, it, it just gradually evolved. And then we had a period where I stayed home and now we're in a period where he stays home, but we have communicated, you know, that through our, our whole relationship and the same thing goes with, you know, and I know, you know, money is a source of stress for a lot of people. It's a big reason a lot of folks get divorced. Um, and, you know, it, I'm not saying that you can fix everything by talking about it, but it sure brings things to light even early in the relationship. I was listening to another podcast and they said that, you know, in relationships, good or bad, a lot of people will get naked with someone before they'll talk about money. And I think that's very telling <laughs> that that can be, you know, a huge source of issues in a relationship. If you're not communicating that, if you're not like you said, revisiting that very often. And so, um, and I've, I've even had that in my own work at the closing table, you know, we're sitting down and somebody's really looking through their credit report for the first time. And they have no idea that they have accounts open in their name that have huge balances on them. And so, you know, at, at the end of the day, you're exactly right. It's, it's an individual and personalized decision, you know, so all we can offer is like, here's what I do and it's working for me and, and maybe pick up a glimmer of that for sure. What an interesting concept that they're willing to get naked with someone before mm -hmm. talking finances. It's so, yeah. that's really, that slaps you in the face. It does. Um, it does. And it's a uh, scary thought <laughs> for me personally, because that's definitely not my personality, but again, to each their own, but yeah, it's. And there's, um, I love the show, how I met your mother. I don't uh -huh. know if you've ever seen it. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, Marshall and Lily are married get married and and spoiler alert if you haven't seen the show but if you haven't seen the show it's like 10 years old so watch yeah, the show the, the statute of limitations has run out on the spoiler yeah. alert on spoiler certain. alerts exactly yeah. I like that statute of limitation yeah. on spoiler uh -huh. alert um but you know she has credit card debt that Marshall doesn't know anything about because she's you know a shopaholic and she's mm -hmm. got 18 credit cards open and they're all maxed out and he wants to to buy a home and, and the, and I bet you cringe at that episode, <laughs> everything about that episode. <laughs> I don't, because it's very common. I mean, that's sad to say, like it, you know, it definitely, uh, definitely happens. I know, um, I have several friends that used to be bankers and they, you know, people would come in and get loans. And one guy made the comment, I've bought my house four times now, you know, that's not a discussion you have with your banker. That's a discussion you have with your spouse. So, you know, I think you're exactly right that it, you know, it, some of that stuff can really slap you in the face if you're not, you know, and, and we, I even joke in my own relationship, I handle our finances 900%. And I joke that my husband is just happy as long as his debit card works. And, you know, he knows I work in, in that industry and has complete faith in me. But at some point I'm like, I don't know that you should, like, you need to question some of this and check your own retirement balances. And, you know, some of those things that we have, you, got to protect yourself um I think in that because you just don't know what's going to happen 
So I want to say this, and then I want to ask you a question about yeah. what four times paying for your house four times yeah. means. Mm-hmm. Um, every relationship I've been in, my that I've shared a bank account with, the mm-hmm. the man has been 100% happy with that thought process mm-hmm. of um, as long as my debit card card yeah goes through I'm going to assume everything's okay yeah everything's fine and and I am uh type a when it comes to the finances Mm -hmm. I'm like absolutely me too I know I learned some stuff after you know both of the relationships that I'm thinking about Mm -hmm. and yeah you know having (laughs) And what I learned is I'm just not going to share a bank account with somebody. Yeah. And, and again, perfectly valid way to handle your finances for sure. Because I, what I would do is I would balance the checkbook and I would have the budget mm-hmm. and then I would have, we, okay, we have $200 to get us through the rest of the month. And I would say that to nobody. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so they would be using the credit card and I'm like, how dare you use the, or the, the debit card? How dare you use the debit card? You know? Yeah, absolutely. I was, I was then, still in my twenties. And then, you know, we all live and learn. I shared a bank account with a boyfriend at one point and it was a pain in the butt to try to separate it. Luckily I didn't get completely, you know, upside down on that kind of thing, but it definitely happens. And, and I think part of that too, is not you need to not feel shame if something like that happens because you have no control over somebody else. Um, you don't know how they've been taught to manage money. Again, a good place for a discussion. However, you know, really all you can do at that point, scrap it, move on. We all have a story like that where something's happened. And, and I think a lot of people just don't, don't want to talk about finances for that reason. Um, and I won't go in my little feminist heart won't go into all the, the reasons for that, but, um, yeah, it's, you know, don't we we've all been there i'll just leave it at that yeah (laughs) yeah so what i meant um, to answer your question on paying for his house four times over so basically what had happened was you know they bought their house they paid it off she ran up some debt so they borrowed again paid it off they'd done they'd been through that process four times and so I will tell you, I live in an area where houses are super duper cheap. Some people are like, I can't fathom <laughs> the amount that a house costs. Yeah. I'm talking maybe fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 at a time. But over the course of, you know, 10, 15 years, they, you know, and kudos to them that they paid that off so quickly all four times. But yeah, I'd also be a little frustrated having to borrow again and borrow again, and borrow again. Yeah. The, definitely, especially when it's a, a just a spending problem, mm-hmm. like. Correct. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, oh, we had a major medical issue or, you know, it wasn't anything like that. It was just getting spending under control. Yeah. Cause I, I live in uh, uh, California. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you are the reason you Californians are the reason we have so many laws and the mortgage. Um, <laughs> yeah. Every year we do that. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I like my, my boyfriend and I are, are wanting to buy a house and we're mm-hmm. not doing we've been wanting to for several years we've been in the position to for several years um and we haven't because of uh the prices like and we had a a a realtor tell us like you know the the houses are um yeah they're a little more expensive 
right now, but the interest rate is so low. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's, you're paying $20,000 more than what the house is worth, but you're going to, you know, if later on the interest rate's going to go back up, it's not going to be yeah. this low forever. And my boyfriend said the other day, like, yeah, but if it was just coming in and buying a house for $20,000 more mm-hmm. than what it was worth, right at a low interest rate, that's one thing, but that's not what was happening. What was happening was it was 20,000. It was Mark selling priced at $20,000 more than what it was worth. And then people were coming in with another hundred thousand dollars on top of that bidding wars. And it was like, yeah, that you're not going to be paying theoretically. Right. Right. $120,000 in interest. Right. You know, because even if we buy a house right now, let's say that the house is, let's say the housing market's going to crash. And, mm-hmm. um, and I mean, knock on wood, whichever side you want to be on, on that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm just, it, I just want the market to calm down. I would be happy with that part, but okay. yeah. 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 So, you know, let's say it comes down, but the interest rate is higher. So now the house is worth. Yeah. I'm going to use California rate prices, $400,000 house is worth $400,000. You come in at, at whatever the interest rate is right now, 5% or something. If the interest rate is going to go back down, you can refinance at that point. Right. And so I'm, I hesitate to say all of this stuff because I haven't looked into it. I only repeat what he says. No, you, you're exactly right. And that's, um, that's honestly what I, and, and you have to, you have to calculate that out. So you have to calculate out is buying a $420,000 house at 4% interest cheaper long-term than buying a $400,000 house at 7% interest, which is what we hit not that long ago, or actually we almost hit eight, not that long ago. It is coming down, um, but you have to kind of weigh that. And you're exactly right. What I've been telling people, um, because I feel like a lot of people, so if you're not aware of the real estate market, i it was like a hot topic. I know it was on the news. So most people have heard, but during the pandemic, it was bananas. There just wasn't any other way to say it. People were coming in with these crazy cash offers. People were going $50,000, $60,000 over the listing price, like you're describing. It just, I feel like a lot of people got, didn't have to move. I think maybe during the pandemic, they were tired of the four walls that they were looking at every day and decided it was time to move. Um, but they, got into the emotion of buying a house, which I get, it's your home, it's where you live, it's where you raise your family, you know, all of those kinds of things. But it, I also had some people I really had to, and, and not, this is me as a lender, and I know I may or may not be in the minority with this, but really sitting people down, like, is this what you really want to do? And if the answer is yes, okay. Um, you know, and especially when rates started going higher, what I told people, which is exactly what you're describing, is this concept of marry the house and date the rate. So if this house is absolutely the house that you want, you're planning to be here for a little while, this payment's okay. It may not be as low as we want it, but can you hang with all of that until rates go down? And then you're exactly right. We refinance you. We get your payment down a little bit. Maybe we get you from a 30 year to a 15 year, you know, kind of looking at the situation. Can we get your PMI mortgage insurance off all of those kinds of things? So, and it's going to be an individual answer for every person. So for you all, you decided, no, we're not paying over, which is probably the camp I would be in as well. 
um, you know, but some people it's this neighborhood only has a house go on the market every five years. We need to jump on this. That's a different story if you have very specific needs. So yeah, I think you're spot on with that. That makes, that makes sense. And um, although we're not a um, real estate uh, podcast by any means. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. But it all, it all goes into, I mean, and that's what I get into on my podcast as well. It's about finance, but you know what? We're going to talk a little bit about fitness. We're going to talk a little bit about mental health relationships because they're all interconnected. And I feel like being a mom is 900% that because, you know, if, if your kids look back and say, remember when we tried to buy a house and mom was a crazy maniac the whole time, like they're going to remember <laughs> those kinds of things. So, you know, yeah. and just, you know, giving your oh, kids really? that that foundation too. I always joke. I'm like, my kids are going to have excellent credit because they have a, a mortgage lender mom. that's not going to let them have anything, but so, you know, it's, you know, it's all connected. Yeah. Uh, there's a, so we live in uh, central California mm-hmm. and we're, we're in a small town. I don't know what the population is. It's not Minkler, um, <laughs> but <laughs> we're not the four people in Minkler, okay. uh, but uh, there this it's a small town it's a farming town um we rent a house that's on um uh surrounded by grapes mm-hmm. uh vineyard it's a vineyard I, I always forget that word vineyard i should because yeah. i live on a vineyard <laughs> beautiful <laughs> but um you know my son my son is his school is um an a six minute drive, seven minute drive from where we live. And yeah. uh, we're not in town, we're on the outskirts. And um, there's been uh, two houses now that I've seen on this block um, mm-hmm. that's a stone's throw from yeah. Yeah. my son's school. And I'm like, oh, I really wanted that first house. And it was, it, there was, we were thinking about it. Like it was sure. thought about it harder than any other house that I had shown. Right. And so now there's this other house and I was like, oh, that would, that's, that's the dream house, except it doesn't have central air conditioning. I'm like, who doesn't have central air conditioning? We live in the Valley. Hello. Yeah. (laughs) And also it's 2023. What is happening here? What's happening? We live in the Valley. This isn't San Francisco. Like (laughs) you have to have central air. Um, But it's on like three quarters of a lot. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and we wanted a little bit of property at, we'd like a couple acres, but we wanted at least a little property. We want some space. We have toys and like, and the price just dropped $25,000. Oh, like, awesome. I want this house over. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Maybe, and I think, but, you know, along with that, I have, um, and I've, I've used her as an example before with my customers, but one of my dear friends, um, they were kind of upgrading their home. They bought, she's like, we bought in that 2007, eight era when if you could walk and chew gum, Chris sign your name on the line, you pretty much got a mortgage. Now, luckily they took, you know, they were good and they, you know, paid on, <laughs> paid their bills on time and weren't it upside down or anything like that. But she's like, you know, we're going to upgrade our house. We want to, her husband was driving two and a half hours to work every day. Um, you know, that kind of thing. So she created this list and it was, things we absolutely have to have, like no, you know, no question. So for me, I hate hot weather. So central air is a must in any home I would live in. Um, And then, you know, she had things that would be really nice that we probably need to have. And then kind of the dream list. Mm -hmm. She hit this house that had 
pretty much everything on all three lists and it was way more than they wanted to spend but they sat down and kind of you know again looking at that budget figuring out what's important to them her husband was going to save eight hundred dollars a month in gas so you know they had that to apply towards their house payment so you know kind of looking and I think too as you're shopping for a house um, taking some of that into consideration so where I live it's it's more rural and so you know internet is an issue in some areas so if you are a person that works from home and needs to have good internet you need to figure that kind of stuff out before you sign up for this house that's you know 30 minutes from town and you know has a gravel road getting to it so I think um, yeah all of those things kind of go into you know, your family, what you need, where you are in your season of life. You know, I tell my husband all the time, our house is going to be way too big at some point in time. We will not need 4,000 square feet, which is what we have, um, because I'm not going to want to clean it at some point. And so what's that going to look like? And this is a family house. So it's one of our kids be living here, you know, that kind of a thing. So that's, that's um, what, that's a great idea. And I'm going to do that as soon as we hang up is, is, uh, or, or I'll put it on my to-do list, uh, write down the things, the must-haves, the yeah. would like, and then what was the third? Um, dream, something that your dream home would have. Okay. Yeah. So um, maybe, it's a, maybe it's a wine cellar. I can live without a wine cellar, but wouldn't that be cool if I found a house with a wine, you know, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to do that, um, together since it's not just yeah. my house. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and my, my stepmom, uh, my dad passed away earlier last year and she had, you know, and I, I, the, one of my very first thoughts was, you know, that's such a big house to be in by sure. yourself. Sure. And, and she said, I heard her say the other day that she would, you know, like to, um, you know, does she need all this space? Right. Um, well, unless she was going to get rid of some stuff, she, she needs some, the, the space, but <laughs> so I feel like we're living so I actually lost my mom pretty suddenly last June and my grandfather as well he had passed away six weeks before she did and the three the three of them my dad my mom and my grandfather lived together on my grandfather's farm so my dad literally went from three of them in the house to just him and same kind of situation he's and I'm kind of pushing for him too he's almost 70 he does not need to be farming. He's like, oh, I let one of our, one of our cows drag me around. Why are you doing, you know, those kinds of things. So, but, but same thing. He's like, I've got a year's worth of cleaning out. I'm like, you absolutely do because we, you know, have three barns full of things. Um, but you know, square footage wise, and he has 40 acres. Do you need to be managing all of that? Um, you know, that is that a young man's game to kind of get into, you know, a, a little hobby farm or something like that. But, um, but you're exactly right. You've got to weigh what's, you know, and, and it depends on your personality too. So some people are, my parents tried to downsize about five years ago into a condo and they hated it. So, you know, they know that they like their stuff and, you know, some people are like, you get it out of here. I'm ready to, you know, ready to travel and just have a little home base and, um, you know, so figuring out what works for your family, or maybe, you know, maybe you are in a situation where you're blending families and now have, you know, a need for more bedrooms or less bedrooms or any of those kinds of things. So it's, yeah, it's definitely a, a moving target. Like we talked about the communication with, you know, with your financial situation changing, your family situation does too, you know, it's like our grandkids moving back in with you, all those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's, um, 
I think she wouldn't be happy with small, but I, I don't know that that for sure. Um, I think she's more worried about like the, the prices of houses right now. Yeah. And, yeah. and she's not going to get an interest rate as low as the one she had, which is where right. I was like, you know, you can, you know, refinance all that, but um, maybe she's more limited, you know, with her current, you know, that she's retired, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know how that all Absolutely. Depends on your situation. Some people are in better shape once they retire. Some people are not. It just depends. So, and the, we found, we, my boyfriend found 500 acres, <laughs> 500 acres in California for $400,000. Oh my gosh. I think. And I mean, even if it was a hundred acres for that much, like he was like, well, we could split it between three of us and it'd be, a yeah. you know, and I was like, there's no house. There's no, there is just land and there's wildlife. Yeah, there's no place. Where are we going to live? That's the, <laughs> that's the yeah. other question. Yeah. And, uh, but I was like, man, we could have our own little commute. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that, you know, honestly, I, I don't think they would mind me sharing this. My aunt and my cousin, my aunt and uncle and my cousin, their daughter, they have kind of a non-traditional living situation. They, they custom build a house. It's really kind of two houses. They're like a basement kitchen and, you know, the main stuff and everybody kind of has their side and it, it works beautifully for them because my, uh, my cousin's daughter gets to hang out with her grandparents and, and they don't really use each other for childcare or that kind of a thing, but it's just kind of that same, you know, and I, you know, feels like I see some of those things sometimes where it's like, you know, everybody used to go to grandma's on Sunday and, you know, that kind of a thing. And again, that goes back to your family and what would work for you. I, you know, moved home the summer after my freshman year of college. And I said, never again, I love you guys. I can't live at home anymore. <laughs> and so you just have to kind of, you know, figure out what works for, for your family. And, and it's kind of, you know, some, some of the situations I've seen people living is very, odd to me and some of them I'm like hmm, you might be on you know like my aunt and uncle you might be on to something here that's kind of a a great situation but um yeah I don't know it's it's interesting what people are coming up with and making those prop making properties kind of fit what they what they want to do necessity is the mother of invention right it really is it really is yeah yeah they probably run into those when you come up with something really wacky and then you want to try to buy somebody else wants to try to buy that and the mortgage market is like mm, appraisal wise we're not you know barn dominiums are a great example of that so super cool becoming a lot more popular and we have a hard time financing them so it's yeah oh, weirdly in a- barn dominium barn dominiums so you take like a a pole barn and convert part of it or all of it into a home some of them are very, very nice. Yeah. Wow. But it's hard to get financing. That's, that's really great. I mean, the, you know, it's just like the laws have to catch up with technology, then you know, it'll, it'll, it'll get there. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, same thing, tiny homes. Um, I'm not sure where, you know, that you, I don't think you could probably get a traditional mortgage on something like that. So it, you know, yeah. makes sense. Okay. Is there a piece of advice that you want to share with moms? Um, I would say, and we've kind of alluded to this a lot, you have to do what works for you and your family. And as hard as it is, try to tune out a lot of the, a lot of the things that are, you know, 
that are out there. You have, you, you are a good, you know, it goes back to when your kids are babies, you're a good mom. If you breastfeed, you're a good mom, if you bottle feed, because feeding the baby is what's important. And, you know, I think I'll, I'll use my own household as an example. So I have two boys. Um, my oldest is 13 and my youngest is nine. And just for a variety of reasons, it is working right now for our family. My nine-year-old sleeps with me in our king-size bed. My husband sleeps in his bed upstairs and our 13-year-old sleeps in his own room. Now, I know some people are probably horrified at hearing that, but you know what? That's working for our family. Everybody's getting rest, a good night's sleep. So at this moment in time, and that's not to say that, you know, my husband and I were in Puerto Rico last week. So, you know, we're still getting, you know, it's our marriage is not suffering from that, I'm saying. Um, but it's, you know, you just have to figure out, and that goes for anything in parenting. If it's, you know, if your kid goes to latchkey after school, if you're a stay-at-home mom, you're going to always hear why what you're doing is not right or, you know, not what works for somebody else. And I'm, I'm not about that. You just have to figure out what works for you. And yeah, that's the big, and I feel like it starts when you're pregnant. I don't know if you've ever had that experience as well, but everyone wants to tell you their horror stories, you know, and that's what I said to, I've said to lots of moms, I said, I'm not good. If you want to hear my birth story, I will tell you both of my births were easy, lovely, quick labors. It happens. <laughs> so it's not all, uh, I had, you know, I died on the table and I was insert. you know, not all of that always happens. If it yeah. does that, you know, that's your story, but it's, you know, you could, that's the cool part about being a mom is you kind of get to write that, write that story for your kids and what feels right for you. And I think, especially as women, sometimes we're taught that our gut instinct is not right or not, um, you know, not the normal thing that you should be doing. And I think you need to listen to your gut and discount whoever's telling you that. Yeah, it's so true that there's always going to be someone who is going to tell you that what you're doing is wrong. Yeah, it's so true. And yeah. and I think you have to find your people too with that. You know, my, you know, if you if you're a homeschool mom, you need to find other people that homeschool to be that support system for you because I guarantee whatever weird thing you have going on, somebody else does too. I'll use a crazy example. So I'm in a women's business mastermind and we got together in December. And, um, this was so, I mean, we're in the, we literally had dinner at the Versace mansion, which was, I feel like I'm like out of my league with the women in this group, but we were all sitting around and we all slowly realized that none of us are sleeping with our husbands right now in this, you know, series of life that we're in because of, you know, he snores too much. He sleeps in the guest bedroom or <laughs> and yeah. it was, I just felt so validated that these other successful women are also, you know, sleeping with a nine-year-old in their bed because it's, it's just easier on everyone. And so, yeah, it's, it's just crazy. You'll find, find comrades in the most unlikely of places, I feel like. Yeah. And, uh, you know, coincidentally, my 10-year-old, every once in a while, it's not all the time, um, that I, I am the snorer, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> especially while I was pregnant. Um, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. It's getting better now that I've I've lost a lot of weight since yeah. giving birth. <laughs> well, it just stuffs you up and everything else. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. And yeah, and so my my boyfriend would sleep, and he sleeps better sometimes, whether I'm snoring or not. He'll sleep better on the couch, you mm -hmm. know, a couple hundred dollar couch. Yeah, you know, yeah. sleeps better than a five thousand dollar bed, sadly. And but um, you know, every once in a while, whether he sleeps up there regularly or not. Um, 
every once in a while, my son wants to sleep in bed with me. And so we, we've compromised. And so whenever we don't offer it to my son, so it's not an all the time thing. Um, but you know, when he was little and I was single, he would always sleep in bed with me Mm -hmm. and, and it was, you know, it's comforting to him. And so when he asks, I know that it's something that he needs. And so I always tell him to ask Larry because it's Larry who's getting kicked out of the bed. I always say, if it's okay with dad, it's okay with me. So yeah, yeah. for sure. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, I I would imagine that there's a lot of, a lot of moms who resonate with that Mm -hmm. and probably have the same kind of feeling that you had, which is like, oh, okay, I'm not the only one and I'm not weird. Yeah. Everyone's going to think my marriage is in trouble or I'm like, you know, babying my children. And you know what? It's okay to baby your children. If that feels right for you, you know, my, my 13 year old used to want to sleep with me all the time. And I think you're exactly right. I would rather be their safe place than care about somebody that has an opinion on that. You know what I mean? It just, that's, what's more important to me for sure. I, I love that. Definitely resonate with it. Um, is there a book that's been instrumental in your personal development journey? Yeah, I think, um, so I stumbled on this book by accident and it's completely changed my life. The, the mastermind that I was talking about actually stemmed from this book. Um, so the book is called, we should all be millionaires and it's by Rachel Rogers. Um, and it really, and again, kind of goes back to my, uh, my thoughts. A lot of times as women, if you're talking to some of the budgeting gurus or whatever it is, I won't name any names. They drive me crazy because a, they want you to have cash for everything, which in the mortgage industry does not get you a loan. I will tell you that right now. Um, so you can't walk into my office with an envelope full of cash that you've saved and use that as a down payment. It's just not going to happen. So, um, and same goes, you need credit to exist in our world. I hate credit. It drives me crazy but that's not great advice. So what, um, what this book really talks about is really empowering women to make more money. So I think a lot of times as women we're told, well, if you, you know, especially as a, I'm a millennial, I'll totally own that. I identify with that and, and we do own our home, but you know, a lot of times we're told, well, the reason you can't afford, you know, uh, a home is because you buy too many lattes. Well, you know what, that $4 latte works out to, I think like $350 a year. That's not a down payment, you know? <laughs> so it just, or even $3,000 a year is not much of it. Thank outcome. you. Yes. So right. So it, yes. And, <laughs> and again, I won't, I won't bore you with my little feminist heart. We'll tell you why that system is set up that way. But, um, but this book really kind of opened my eyes to, um, you know, when women make more money, communities are the ones that benefit because we, we give back it's in our nature. Um, we, again, going back to that invisible work, we know where the problems lie in our communities. So that's where we're going to direct our resources or, you know, I'm making more money. So I have more free time. I'm going to be able to give back or, you know, recognize this need or that kind of a thing. So I just, I I love that book and it's, it's fabulous. I recommend it to anybody. Awesome. I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to download it right now. I could have when been I stumbled across it, it was free on Kindle. So hopefully it still is and people can read. And it was a quick read and it's it's written like she's talking to you, which I appreciate as well. So yeah. Those are my favorite kind of books too, which yeah. is that's the kind of books I write is yeah, <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So where can our listeners find you? 
Yeah. So I have, um, for my mortgage business, um, I have actually, I'm kind of a weird mortgage lender. So I have a moving truck that's available for my customers to use after closing. So that's kind of a perk of doing a loan with me is not having to, you know, buy a U-Haul or that kind of a thing. So my moving truck's name is Millie. Um, so that is my Instagram handle for that. And it's at Millie, M-I-L-L-I-E, the moving truck. Um, and then if you are interested in listening to me blather on a little bit more in my podcast, um, it is called Deadbeats, Divorces, and Dividends. Um, and it's got kind of a purple and teal logo, but you can, um, you can find me on Instagram with that as well. It's D three finance pod is my Instagram handle for that. So it's a little bit of humor, a lot of talking with my friends about life. And so, um, yeah, I would love to love to connect with anybody that way for sure. Awesome. Thank you so much for our, our talk today. It was, um, it was great. And I, I'm also a millennial, so (laughs) I'll identify that way as well. It used to be such a dirty word. And now I feel like people are really embracing it, which is a good thing. So we can't help what generation we're born into. It just is. So, yeah. And I said this on another podcast episode uh, uh, recently that um, they're calling Gen Z now Zoomers. And I freaking love it. (laughs) That's so good. That's so good. Like we can't, I mean, it's as far as I'm aware, the boomers were the first mm-hmm. generation that was named. And then we retroactively named their parents, the greatest yes. generation, right? Yes. yes. So otherwise it was just, you were born between this year and this year and that's it. So, yeah. Yeah. So I love that they're continuing on boomers and making them zoomers. And I don't know if Gen Z is the one that is, that talks all the trash on boomers. At least but, that. Oh, so funny. But it, they should be called zoomers if they're going to talk trash. Exactly. I did see something funny making fun. I, I love boomers. Obviously both my parents are, but um, it was like boomers are the ones that gave our generation millennials participation trophies and then made fun of us about it. And it's true. Like, okay, hold on. You, you know, we were not eight-year-old kids making our own, you know, soccer participation trophies. Someone had to have those made. So <laughs> nobody, not one of us was like, Hey, I want a participation. Exactly. Just got it. Because yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then they made a big deal about it when we brought it home. So it's, you know. In fact, my brother, who's actually Gen X, but he says like, I, he remembers the first time he got a, a participation trophy mm-hmm. and he was like fifth place or something. So yeah. he would have gotten, you know, if sure. he had been a little faster, he would have gotten top three or whatever. Um, But he looked at this trophy. He's like, I got a trophy. And he saw everybody else had one. He's like, and literally exactly. didn't care about it exactly exactly so, yeah yeah so funny <laughs> side note there that was so fun yeah I love yeah. talking about generations too that's a good yeah. good topic for sure I, I yeah, will research funny. them all day long because I'm like wait who's 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 a z and I'm like who do I know oh that's them yeah. to another you know two t it's off oh, yeah it's yeah and it's funny because my boyfriend is a, a millennial we're both in born in 82 um mm-hmm. but he acts way more like gen x than mm-hmm in the descriptions of what a gen x acts like yes. he's like 100 yes. he's That's a gen he x is. yeah and yeah. I, I mentioned my husband's eight years older than me he is in gen x so he's like, yeah. millennials and uh, I'm like, yeah I'll <laughs> fix your technology when it's breaking so yeah <laughs> oh, i found a meme i'm talking about memes that's him it was um i am gen x which means i adopt technology like a millennial but i complain about it like a boomer i'm like that is you to a t my friend so yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
So good. So good. Well, thank you again for being on the podcast and and mm-hmm. with all the great information. And I'm going to pick up that book um, immediately. Yeah. A girlfriend of mine, she and I were just going to go through the um, Jen Sincero's book, The You're a Badass mm-hmm. at Making Money. Yes, yes. Um, which I've read before. I never did the workbook because I don't do workbooks. But um, mm-hmm. we were going to do the workbook together so that we yeah. could get it. I think we're going to pivot now because we've both read it. So let's yeah. try something new and we'll circle back to it. Yeah, it's so. it's great. It's great. So. And there will be another episode of Imperfect Momming next week. And until then, keep healing. Bye, guys. Thank you for tuning in to Imperfect Momming. It's time for us to step up and realize that our power is not in trying to shape our children. Our power lies in shaping ourselves into the people we want our children to model themselves after. Don't just do it for your kids. Do it for yourself. When you become a more self-aware, compassionate, and confident person, you and everyone around you benefit. For more information about me and my work, visit alishalyons.com. That's A-L-Y-S-I-A. L-Y-O-N-S dot com. See you next time.